Hello and welcome to Just Keep Writing While Black. A podcast for writers, by writers. To keep you writing. I'm Marshall. I'm Brent. And I'm LP. And today we're joined by Bindi Barrett, who is closing out our four weeks of Just Keep Writing While Black for Black History Month 2023. Welcome, Bindi, to the podcast. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me, gentlemen. I'm uh, super excited to be doing this with you. Oh, uh, we're stoked. Can't even tell you. If you couldn't tell, we're stoked. <laughs> yeah, we had, we've, we had some giggles in the green room. It's, yeah, for it's sure. Been good. For sure. Yeah. Benny, could you, could you tell us a little about yourself before we get started? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I'm Bendy Barrett. I am a uh, writer of speculative fiction, uh, both in uh, traditional books and short stories, but also in uh, interactive fiction. Recently, I published uh, Empire of the Feast in late 2022 with Neon Hemlock, which is, I'm assuming, what, what we're going to be talking mostly about today. Um, yep. And then previously, I've published uh, two, two uh, interactive novels through uh, the website Choice of Games called Avatar of the Wolf and Fate of the Storm Gods, both of which are available. And you can I think you can start playing. You can start playing them for free, but then if you want to play the whole thing, you have to shell out a couple bucks. Or I think there's actually an ad-supported version now, uh, so you got plenty of options. Oh, that's awesome. We were gonna have to circle back and talk about that um, at some point before we get out of here, but uh, sure. I think we should dive. I mean, I can see the face. People that don't, can't benefit <laughs> from the video feed, like people are ready to talk about this book, and, and we're we're, we're stuck. <laughs> I have I have some things also to say about one of your co-hosts, but I, let's okay. let yeah. So let's get into it. Let's get okay, into I'm it. Okay, I'm excited. <laughs> um, so, so Brent, you're here this time, which is awesome. We appreciate. Yes. Um, we're super yeah. stoked to have you in our, get on our last episode of the month. Um, I'm gonna throw it to you to ask our normal first question. <laughs> oh, okay, normal first question. All right, so. Uh, um, what three words would you use to describe your writing journey and explain each of those words, like why you chose them? So, maybe specifically this book? Yeah, yeah. The book? Sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. The writing book. of this book in three words. Yeah, yeah. 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 Sure, sure, sure. Um, I think the. I think the. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a phrase either. It could just be three random. Sure. I, I think. I think. The, I think the first two are kind of sort of contradictory, but I'll explain them. Uh, I think the first. Um, the first two words that come to mind are structured, and uh, then the second is madcap, and probably the third is horny. Uh, and yep. <laughs> I'm sure we'll I'm sure we'll get to all three. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, well, yeah let's start off with structure. Tell, tell us about that first. <laughs> so um, I wrote the book entirely from an outline, and I mean every single plot beat was outlined in advance. Um, and it was probably even having written games where like I need to like know like variables in advance and all kinds of stuff in advance. I think this was probably the most structured thing that I like wrote. Like in order to write it, um, I would show you with my camera, but you can't even see it anyway, like on a podcast. But like uh, one of my one of my doors, I like took over the entire door um, and just filled it with post-it notes and then kind of like moved them around in order to make sure that all of the plot points were landing where they should. Um, and yeah, I did that before I wrote a, like a single word uh, for the book. And it was definitely the most orderly process. Um, that I've ever done to write anything, pretty much. It was crazy. <laughs> Very rude. I felt singled out. <laughs> <laughs> it hurt my feelings too. Was, yeah, awesome. it hurt my feelings too. <laughs> and I'm like, I, and I'm mad it had the temerity to actually work, right? Like, like a book came out of it, and I was like, "How dare you!" <laughs> like, like <laughs> my way of life. Like, like y'all acting like this should be a process that I engage with in the future. What kind of bullshit? Fake, fake, fake. I don't believe a word of it. <laughs> but that is what happened, unfortunately. Oh, that's crazy. So I may have to do that again. Talk to us about Madcap. Um, so the the genesis of this book was um 
Dave Ring, the uh, editor, publisher, marketer, man about town uh, of Neon Hemlock, uh, reached out to me and was like, you know, I have, it was like, I'd really like more like writers of color. I'd really like more like, just like, I just want different perspectives for this uh, novella series. And he was like, "Are you, would you consider writing something? And we talked about it a little bit. And I was like, you know what? I was like, he, he, so he pitched, you know, being a part of like Neon Hemlock Stable for 2022. And uh, I kind of countered with like, what, what are you missing from that set of stories that you've already included? Um, and he was just like, um, I don't know, maybe something like science fiction-y, like a space opera might be nice. And we just kind of like just spitballed the 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 most the the the, the most mere skeleton of an idea. And I was just like, but what if like what if like there was a sex ritual and like there was a monster and it was in the sun? Like like what like do you think like I was just kind of like trying to push it to just see how weird it could get. And at no point did he stop me. And so the brakes just fell off and just got <laughs> crazier and crazier. <laughs> of course he didn't stop you because he didn't have to write it. Oh. Yeah, look, okay. <laughs> he did have to market it. So I, I mean. <laughs> well, bitch, I had to read it and it worked out. Shut up. officially shutting up um but yeah like it 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 was just the 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 kind of the idea for the story just like in contrast to how structured the writing process was the like coming up with it was just like a series and i like I was sending him messages on Twitter. He was sending me messages on Twitter. We were sending messages via email. It was just like multiple Twitter accounts, multiple emails. Like I actually tried to track down where I pitched the idea for this book initially, and I cannot find it. I do not know where this lives. (laughs) And it it was like a fever dream. Mm. Uh, and, And for the last one, Horny, like if you read the book, like you will like immediately know what the fuck I'm talking about. Oh, wait. Oh, sh- is it? Oh, I you're swear fine. We- and speaking okay. of, we should probably tell our listeners too. We <laughs> might, we're probably going to spoil the hell out of this book. Um, so oh, pick, yeah. pick it up, read it. You won't, it, it'll do it. You'll read it in a day <laughs> and then you're going to come back to this podcast and be like, Oh yeah. Horny. That works. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Read it in an hour and a half. If you stop right now, <laughs> and Neon Hemlock's website, you can get that ebook yep. and have that bitch be halfway through hey, the podcast in two hours. So it's yep. so a heads yep. up for your friends. <laughs> and after you read the ebook, I think you should buy the physical book because mm-hmm. the uh, the illustrations, um, book ending, yep. uh, <laughs> the story are how do I do, juicy? They're juicy. Yep. Yeah, definitely. They've got some. They've got some stuff going on, and I, I think you should see it. It's like, definitely worth buy one, the physical copy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, just, just buy one and circulate it amongst your friends. Like, <laughs> be it's like, funny, can I you left believe that, this motherfucker? I left that on my desk at work too, not even thinking about it. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder if somebody picks this up. It, all it's they got to do is open the first. The, yeah, just, just open, open that up. <laughs> so what is he reading? Uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> R.I.P. R- Marshall. Yeah, Sorry, no, right? <laughs> he was a teacher. Now he's not. <laughs> uh, all for all for a podcast, boy. Yeah. The commitment. I know. Okay, so spoilers are starting now. Daddy has mm. questions, and here we go. Okay, let's go. All right. So we talked about where the genesis for the story came from, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what impressed me so much was. You know, you have fish out of water stories, which are, which can be a lot of fucking fun. Uh, we've seen them a lot in a lot of different places. This is a different kind of fish out of water story, right? Where it's like, <laughs> so bitch, I gotta catch you up on who the fuck you are to this empire. Um, and I found it really compelling as a way to draw me into the story because, in a lot of it, it's uh, the lead's character 
a lot of it is a direct address from the, I mean, it's, it's a third person narrative, but a lot of the, the dialogue is leads telling this person who they are, um, which right. I thought was super compelling. And this person like kind of groping their way to understanding um, that comes in, comes around and bites them in the ass. But <laughs> I'm curious, uh, there were red herrings. There were, there's a mystery going on and there's a bit of a whodunit aspect to it. And if you'd told me the first time the rapacious appeared and said, mm, there is deceit afoot, I would have told you that I knew who, who done yep. it, right? But I didn't know. <laughs> Twist was twisted, okay? I wasn't ready. Because it said a thing, and then I had to go back a couple paragraphs, like, put the sword in who? Here, right? <laughs> So, you know, this is a, a, a big trend in genre these days, a trend that I think is very important and, and, and that we need more of. It's the mixing of different genres, right? So this one has a bit of a murder mystery. Uh, there's a bit of a space opera. Um, there's a bit of Regency. And then there is erotica. So... Talk to me about how you decided to land, and each of those has its own plot beats, right? So how Mm -hmm. did you cherry pick which beats to use and which beats to forego? Because the story feels complete, and I think that's challenging. That's a, wow, that's a, I, I think that that's a really insightful question, and I appreciate it. I appreciate it on a bunch of levels, like, the so um i think the cherry picking is right like i think that you when you're writing a genre story especially when it's going to kind of like transcend or leapfrog into different genres like you're gonna have to take some stuff and you're gonna have to leave some stuff behind and um i think that i started with the goal of like writing a story that was going to be pretty horny and also like that that wanted to ask the question i think the then the core question for me i think maybe there's a couple but one of the really big ones is like like what happens when empire co-opts everything like including sexuality like right down to like the thing that you know our society tells you that you should always consent to like what happens when empire says okay like we're going to now take that as labor and you're going to provide it in order to keep the machine running. And so I think in service of answering that question, the story kind of like takes a lot of twists and turns and um, and and kind of like every time there's like a kind of a revolution, like a new kind of like genre pops out. It's like, okay, so now we're talking about uh, witchcraft and how like uh, in this in this empire like women are cut out of it even though they essentially established it and now we're talking about um, the delights of uh, the food and uh, the wonders of everything like how kind of artfully crafted everything is and then you know in the background of that it's like okay well all of the craftsmen were taken from whichever worlds like they were deemed useful to come and build this machine. And it's just like everywhere that empire goes, it kind of leaves this trail of um, disenfranchisement, but like, and, and I think that was a kind of a, a fun way to fun. I'm doing air quotes. Uh, that was like a, like a fun way to kind of, to, to question and interrogate empire while still delivering those, uh, those familiar beats from different um, genres. Does that even remotely yeah. answer your question? I think so. Or approach L- answering your question. <laughs> LP, you were going to say something else? I have a new question. I, I, you have I, a new I, question. I, I can pause okay. and let other people ask things. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes we ask this at the top of it, uh, the episode, but we just got right into it. Um, I don't know if you have you been, how would you pitch this? I'm curious Ooh. because- like we were talking about <laughs> genres and stuff. So if somebody said, pitch me Empire of the Feast, what would you say? Um, 
Not to Holy keep putting shit. you on the spot, but no, you are. No, no, no. That. That's that's great. I actually <laughs> I actually love that. Um, I think I would probably say a. Oh God, what is it? Uh, it's like a sci science fantasy book about empire and sex and. <laughs> You have volunteers in the chat. Too, yeah, apparently. I think I, I actually think I'm doing a terrible job at this. Like, I please, like, I want you guys to, to pitch it to Brent, me. I want Brent to pitch this. Yeah, Brent okay. is ready. Because I, I have, I have, look, I have told multiple people about why they need to read this book and how I pitch it. So the way I, I, I basically describe it, it's like if Warhammer 40k was sexier, hornier. And black. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I have a feeling that LPs is going to be completely different than that. Oh, I'm sure, and that's why. But that's why I love it because it's like we we got two different vibes, but we both love it. So this is the power of it because as our things come to bear and we're able to share things with each other, we're going to get. I'm going to get steal some Brent ideas about how to pitch some shit. Like what's gonna go on the back cover? Because I'm writing all that shit. Because I don't trust anybody in publishing. And like, <laughs> like Brent will get me the 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 ten word, <laughs> and then I'll go for the 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 multi breath uh, thing. Um, so for me, I'm like, you know, when uh, the new emperor wakes up from their most recent death, they find out mm, when Riverson wakes up from their most recent death. They find out that they are now the emperor of a intergalactic space empire, which is kept in power through the orgy magic that keeps the sun monster in the sun. (laughs) Yes, orgy magic. (laughs) Intrigue? Look, orgy magic. Immediately, I'm picking it up. There, there is there is there is uh, court intrigue. People literally climbing onto other people's back to uh, assume power. Mm. There is uh, 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 the 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 gentrification of I guess no imperialism. Sorry, you can see in real time the imperialism in the story. Like mm-hmm. there, there's things there's there, there's orgy magic and a sudden. <laughs> Yeah. There's there's the folding of space mm. as a deterrent to motherfuckers coming to the station. Mm-hmm. I'm dead. I yeah, can't. <laughs> <laughs> Look, that's not even that's not even the question. Come no, no. Just right. Well, I, right. I wanna throw I'm gonna throw something else out there real quick because do it. Do it. I wanna know, since they've you guys have pitched this thing. Um you're talking about this folding of space you're talking about. So I'm curious because the space opera element of it is, you know, some of the science is explained. Some of it is glossed over. Where did you, did you butt up against this at some point? Like we've got a, some sort of cosmic horror monster living on a, on a sun sort of. And then we've also have this magic, but then there's the science element as well. So I'm curious, where did you, decide to stop and did you go farther and pull back as far as like the tech stuff goes? Cause I mean, also there's sword fights and stuff, by the way, people, yeah, people are fighting yeah, with swords and stuff. And then there's plasma rifles. It's, it's, and it's amazing. Shields yeah. And yeah. 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 <laughs> it's, it's truly like this. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm of the opinion that you should, you should write every work like it could very well be the last thing that you make. So I wanted to put in every fucking crazy ass idea that I had about like what the kind of like what the sort of like space opera genre could be. I was like, okay, so I mean, if Star Wars can have fucking force ghosts fucking flying around in space, there's no reason I can't have a sex orgy, uh, yeah. space orgy that uh sex orgy yeah yeah we know um <laughs> I, there's no reason i can't have an orgy that keeps a monster in the sun right like what's stopping me uh so i will say that the thing that i had to 
the thing that I most had to play with is that there are these at, at some point in the story and everybody's read it by now because <laughs> we told you to um, at, at some point in the story, there are these kind of large ships that are um, that, that are sort of like these kind of like not quite planet size, but these huge ships coming through space to like invade the space station where the main action of the story happens. And like, trying to think about things like how many people will that carry um if one of these ships is uh destroyed like like what is the kind of the magnitude of that um okay so you know you have these huge ships and and one imagines that there's smaller ships on them what do those look like how do there's multiple factions like how how do they think about like space travel and you know like at one point one character looks at another character's ship and is just like oh that's like some flashy shit yeah. like i could like take that apart and like scrap it for parts and like use do something way better than like whatever this asshole is doing and like it's kind of like uh na- and then so now like i think that that con that like conversation probably kind of tips my hand that like in terms of the like it's not hard. This isn't hard science. This isn't like hard science fiction. I'm not like, I'm not a science guy. So it's like everything involved, like research and glossing and, and, you know, this patchwork of lies that, uh, <laughs> that fiction requires. Um, but I think that moment tips my hand. Cause it's like, I'm more interested in, in, you know, how like a blue collar guy or guy who like work, who like is on the front lines of this empire, uh, and pacifying, uh you know like people who need to who quote unquote need to be pacified and need to be brought into the emperor empire's grasp like how does that person think about this kind of like ivy league fuck who just flies in on a flashy ship um and so that's like a part every i wanted everything to be in service of the texture of like the grandeur of the story rather than necessarily being super uh into the technology even though i don't know if somebody digs the the tech stuff and is like yeah that ship sounds cool if someone wants to make fan art please go ahead (laughs) (laughs) i don't know that i gave you a lot to go on and i'm so sorry (laughs) well i mean i think i think you you kind of hit the nail on the head like all of the magic and all of the the tech for me was in service of the story. Right. And Mm -hmm. so it didn't have to, for me, it didn't need to be like, Oh, well I've done this. Like, you know, I I didn't need to know the gyroscopes that were on the, the, the big ships. (laughs) The second ship could not be shipping and shit, but also this idea that like, you know, or at least in my head, there's an idea that like science and magic aren't as far as we think they are. The idea that there could be a telepathic, you know, sun monster that, just exists in space that it's not a magical being. Right. And then like, you know, I don't know. I, I think of magic. I think sometimes we, we think about magic and science being oppositional, but I think that also um, depending on your story, magic and tech can both be um, tools. And in some ways magic can be technology. Um, yeah. Not, not as much in, in this, in this particular story, but like, you know, if, if you come into a room and the lights come on, you know, and you don't know, and mm-hmm. you didn't hit a light switch, and this primary world or secondary world, you know, you don't know how it works. It just does, and you just accept it for what it is. So, like, right. it's, it's okay that there are things that we don't explain to death, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think I'll, there is I think there is easily uh, – oh, sorry. I, I just wanted to say, like, I think there's easily a way that you could write a story um, just given entirely, like uh, – you know, present day technology and just frame it in such a way that like to the average person, you, you know, you turn on your fucking gas and like fire comes out of it. And like most of the populace has no idea. I mean, we might have some, we have some sense of how it happens, right? Like we know that it's gas, but like, like we like most people don't have access to like the information of like what is actually the physics and the chemistry that is going into making this happen so i think like i i'm sorry hide hard sci-fi people who are like yeah you gotta know and and i think that i, I think and i think that can be fun right i mean you have like a series like like the expanse or something like that where like because there's because it's 
of this, there's so much research, like things that kind of come out of that research have a bearing on the plot. Mm. And I think that's really the only thing about that that I find interesting personally. It's like, you know, when shit that, you know, they might've glossed over in the very beginning about like how physics works comes back much later to fuck someone who's like trying to do something that is just not going to work because physics. But like, then that's not even necessarily that like the, the science is particularly interesting. It's just, that's a storytelling device, right? Like anything that you set up and then pay off later is going to be so delicious. Um, It's just a matter of where you focus that energy. I think we moved on from a uh, from hard science fiction in a way. There are science fiction. Hard science fight. Once upon a time was about science, <laughs> and like now that we're you know I might say more mature, we recognize that hard science fiction now is about how science complicates life experiences for people, right? Mm. And so like you yeah. were saying, plot in that way, and in the same way that like a conflict between two people can be that or the science can be the conflict and i'm like yeah that makes sense that tracks for me um i need to talk about sex though um so i have one nitpick and i just think <laughs> more sex so there was a point at which y'all are gonna get here there's a point at which there's a there's a there's a there's a there's a frat job frat job hand up <clears> or <throat> and like i really was really hoping that the end like the goal of this thing was for like Wow, I'm about to say this on the podcast. I really thought the let's, goal of this moment go. was for the emperor to get the nut fucked out of him. <laughs> and <when he> did- <laughs> wasn't per se, but I was like, bitch, you know. <laughs> <laughs> bitch, you know. We might have to put like a content warning on this. <laughs> yeah, we might have to put something on this one. <laughs> but bitch was about to get the nut fucked yeah, out of him. Put that, that on the put that on the book jacket. Yeah. Oh, you can't because it doesn't happen. Then oh yeah, damn. Then I'm, then I'm Nick Jonas queer baiting. Um, so, um, <laughs> and so I wanted to know how did you decide? Because the first time that we see um, the feast. Which is the, the 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 where the orgy magic comes from? Also, that was the other thing that didn't go into the description. Like, not just the emperor, but the conduit for the orgy magic, and feeling the the magic on the side of the orgy, but also in the fucking sun. That shit was unfuckwittable. So, <laughs> I how much sex would go into the book? Because the first time that the orgy showed up, it was it was very chaste. It was very light touch, and. I appreciated that when we came back to it because the people who were involved in the, the people we were following into the orgy, we knew them and we gave a fuck about what they were doing. And so it made more sense for it to be more tactile and be more granular. Um, how did you decide how far to go and how much sex you're going to depict versus how little sex you're going to depict in another part? So this is, this is where I'm going to, um, this is where I'm going to drag Brent. Um, because, so I wrote the book and I also, oh shit, I should have said, also I have a sideline as an erotica writer. So I'm very comfortable like writing sexy, like, like too comfortable writing sex scenes. So essentially it came down to, for me was like, I should, I was like, I'm going to pull, I want to, I want to show restraint for maybe the first time. Right. Like I want to see if I am capable of it. I want to see how I can write this very horny book, but still not like, I don't know, make it that like, I don't know, my, uh, my mother couldn't like stock it in the house. That eventually got away from me. Like, because (laughs) you straight up open the book and there's uh, like an orgy scene like illustrated um so uh but when i said when i said i'm gonna drag brent is because so i turned in this book and then i read brent's book a necessary chaos which is coming out this year and right this this yeah this, yeah, yeah, this yeah yeah so it's coming uh, out later this yeah that's that uh, gonna come soonish and yeah. like and then 
his book starts with a scene. I'm not going to say exactly what my reaction was because even though we're putting a content warning on this, like we shouldn't put everything out in the streets, but I did immediately message Brent and just like with like specific lines and was just like, I can't believe you wrote a hornier book than me. I am so fucking mad. And you know what? Literally Dave was like, Oh, you could go further. I'm like, I can go further. Like you want me to go further? Like is this, is this a porn production now? <laughs> he didn't go that far, so it's like, bro, you tell me I can go further. When you over here, like, he was like, uh, we go, oh, we go. okay. But for me though, I'm not. That ain't what, what's that? What mean? That ain't my lifestyle. But like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure it's your lifestyle. You know what I'm Do I like you? What I mean is. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god look that ain't normally what you know I, i've never really delved into those waters so i was like oh if i'm gonna jump in this pool i'm gonna make a splash metaphorically well <laughs> metaphorically splash. i mean there, <laughs> splashes were had splashes were had my man well, i can't wait to read the next book now <laughs> we have a bunch of episodes dedicated to to Bryn's book so we are gonna have more conversation about that, but I'm glad the Brent shamed you. Not <laughs> sure <laughs> shit wanted more, but I will just. I will, well, I will, I will say this though: I went further, and at one point, Dave was like, "Oh, I think, I think I might need you to pull back a little bit." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh, I was like, well, I was just doing what you told me." Dave <laughs> <laughs> got, got that smoke; he wasn't ready. <laughs> <laughs> he actually highlighted this one sentence. He was like, "Oh, we might need to just roll back a little bit." I was like, oh, "Okay, well, I was just doing what you told me to do." So. Was- Dave told you to spit, not swallow. That <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> <laughs> was probably going to be like, "Oh, he ate that." Yeah. Okay. Well, all right. Glad we had that conversation. Uh, uh but I, I, I think there is the the story reason. Um. For 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 Riverson not bottoming on page ninety or whatever is I think like at one point um, it's it's like stated that like this like no no person in this oh yeah shit this so the emp- the empire is run by an empress in this book and it's just a, a long continuation of of the same kind of entity like she dies and then she's just resurrected essentially in the same body over and over and over and so riverson is the first uh person who is in this line of succession who doesn't incarnate with all of his all of the memories of the previous uh monarchs and so at some point you know towards the end uh i think like in the third act riverson learns that like no of none of the empresses preceding him have um personally interacted in the feast like they haven't like had the the sex that they essentially lord over and um i think this the moment where like he has to kind of like jump in in order to kind of like figure everything out that's kind of like falling apart um i wanted it to be like a moment of him kind of like taking baby steps towards like his own kind of like bodily autonomy, but also kind of like ceding some of the control of his body to another person. Cause like, that's sort of, you know, to have a sexual interaction, like you do have to cede a little bit of control and you do have to have a little bit of trust. Um, so I think, uh, <laughs> to sort of uh, to sort of get around to an answer to you, LP. I just I was like, I don't know that this character is ready mm. to take a D on the stage. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he's ready to have, to have a run. Go ahead. No, I, <laughs> who's ready for the first time? Raise your hand. It wasn't me. <laughs> I mean, I was. Yeah. I, I ain't gonna lie. It was it was like let's get this party started. But I I mean there was there was regret afterwards. 
I was I was ready and there was no regret. Uh, the only thing that I regret now is the soundtrack, and I get roasted about it still. So I did. <laughs> you know, you I did make some people, right? <laughs> Like I, I'm still like with the person that I lost my virginity to. So unfortunately, like he like remembers. Like he can't. You oh, can, yeah. can swear yeah. him to secrecy because yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, at some point, like if he ever tries to tell, I'm going to um, redacted him. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> it was like, oh, that's that's I a different. That's a that's a different book. Um, I'm going to bring this back to characters of the book for just a second, uh, because. <laughs> LP said earlier, there were some, I know, I'm going to keep us on track for a second there, guys. We're also going to run out of time in a minute. So I'm just throwing <laughs> that out there. Uh, but so I was surprised, but not, and also kind of stoked. It ended up being, spoilers, ended up being who it was. Because it was signposted throughout the, the beginning, I thought, that it was going to be the dude that ended up stabbing him. Um, so you said you planned this whole thing out. So I guess my question is, did you not did you always see that it was going to be Fabian, but did you see the end? What was your goal with the end as far as how it all buttons up, how all these characters end up surviving and having a role besides Leeds, but he sucked anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's, so it's, it's really interesting about the ending. I think, the I, one of them, the, the one of maybe the most important thing to me was like essentially you have four characters. You have Riverson, you have Leeds, you have um, Fabian. Fabian, the No Wolf, and um, no shit starts with a C. And what? No one. Uh, Celestine. Oh yeah, Celestine. Yeah, yeah, shit. I can't like <laughs> like this. We were like LP and I were just talking about like forgetting the details of other people's books. You're not supposed to forget the details of your own book, um, <laughs> especially the one that you're on a podcast talking about. Uh, embarrassing, but um, so basically, uh, the thing that I wanted was at the end of the book, I wanted like everyone to have some level of betrayal on their hands, and so like uh, Celestine is essentially like. Again, spoilers. Celestin stabs Riverson um, because he's kind of like drawn into a plot. Leeds has been involved in kind of like undoing the this like magic of like resurrection. And um, Fabian right. like and Fabian does the coup, and he's yeah. like essentially is a part of a coup. So it's like by the end, it's like this tangle of uh, of of like betrayals where uh like riverson is just forced to like look at all of these bad options and just be like i'm going to somehow unfuck this and um it the the the, the, the kind of way that he um also to like kind of to lp's earlier point i think the kind of vulnerability that Riverson shows kind of like taking an, an enemy essentially and immediately being like, you are my only option. I do have to like be vulnerable with you. It's like, I think that shows some of his kind of like how he's different than the previous incarnations of himself and how this, in, how this, how this weird experience has like made him more willing to be vulnerable, even though it's not to the level of getting his back blown out. Um, yeah, to I do want to answer in some way your question, Marshall. I think no in terms of like buttoning it all up, I wanted to make sure that like everyone kind of left with some amount of blood on their hands. And so no one could kind of like, there is no kind of pure figure by the end. Even Riverson's like, he kind of just realizes like this is like uh this situation is is untenable like i have to give up this entire like imperial seat in order to keep this from like collapsing around my ears um and then he takes a, another role which is even weirder than the one he started with somehow 
but it's weirder, but it also makes sense too. And I just, I loved, I loved how that worked out. It's like, well, he was the, what the emperor of the feast. So now he's the yeah. emperor of the feast. I mean, that's it. Yeah. You know, so he that's... just, yeah, he just, he just, he, <laughs> he dumps the political baggage. He gives it to somebody who wants it. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and then he just kind of just takes over the, the sex part, which I, I maybe I like wrote myself in, maybe that's what I want. Maybe that's my <laughs> job title. Like, I just want to be like the, the conductor of the feast. I think is, is the title. Like I want to be, be the guy at the orgy. Uh, just been like, hey, everybody having a good time? I don't know. <laughs> Wait, did I just describe a pimp? Like, it's, right, I don't did know, I just say on a podcast? But... <laughs> okay. Come on, Bush and Brown Magic. Chicago things. Okay, yeah. <laughs> All right, Brent, I, I, I Brent you got something? Since you I had mean, a you you had a different angle at this uh, than we did, so I'm curious. But, but I'm loving everything. That <laughs> so it's like totally this this discussion could not have gone any better, actually. Um, <laughs> so I guess I guess for me, like we haven't really talked about. I guess the rapacious as much. So oh yeah, yeah I'm just true. like yeah, as an antagonist, like if. Sh- she really didn't have to do a lot, a lot to stir shit up. Like she basically was sitting back, like y'all hoes gonna fuck it up anyway, and I'm gonna come out one way or another. So I'm just, she was like the complete opposite of Sauron. You know, Sauron had yep. to get an army. He had to like, he had to go with the girls. He had to like get in people's faces. And Rapacious was just like, I'm gonna sit in my couch and I'm gonna talk yeah. shit about y'all the whole time and, and watch and watch watch y'all fuck shit up. So I guess I guess the question in that is like, what what attracted you to create a character like Rapacious and how she just kind of approaches her villainy in the story? I guess. I th- I think like I I'm gonna ri- I'm gonna I'm gonna take the risk and I'm gonna dive into the sea of metaphor here and um, <laughs> uh, and say that like you know on the one end we have riverson who is uh kind of represents empire and rule and on the other hand we have this kind of like force that just is like all appetite it's like the 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 need that empire is always chasing like and it doesn't it doesn't often need to do much more than just exist right like the resources are out there and people feel like they have to seek them they have to consolidate it they have to go after it no matter what and like it's always i think lord of the rings is is a good comparison because it is like the ring just by its very existence like people interact with it in these kind of terrible ways um and it it's kind of I think <laughs> if you could just pull the spirit of the ring out and just have it talk to people and vocalize these te- these things, actually, maybe that happens. I don't know. I honestly haven't read Lord of the Rings. I'm just going by the movies. Uh, feel free to like fantasy fans. Feel free to drag me in the comments. It's fine. I mean, they got to drag me. I ain't touched the book. <laughs> I tried. I've tried more than once. I just watch some movies. It's fine. Yeah. For all that white fantasy from the 30s. All right. All right. I've found my people. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's us. (laughs) Unsurprisingly. Um, But I think it's like the rapacious just really highlights like what just tells River. Like, I don't even, I don't think at any point the rapacious tells a lie. Nope. Uh, they're just there and then they're just like I'm gonna come. like you're right friends like I'm gonna come out one way or the other like you can't hold me back you could try and um, even in the end like when a kind of a deal is made um, it's like it's just the rapacious decides to stop it's just amused so mm-hmm. it stops but it hasn't gone anywhere and in fact uh in the very end of the book, it kind of manifests again in, in a kind of a more permanent way. And so it's, it, it really is a force of consumption. And it's like you, in order to stop it, like you have to look it in the face and be like, I'm not going to feed into it. I'm not going to throw the logs onto the fire. Otherwise 
it's always there. So it's a, the temptation to just keep acquiring. One of the things I loved about this novella is the way that it works on, on, on two levels at any given time. And you're kind of watching Riverson tangle with that uh, at any given time. I Lately, I've been really thinking about what makes a novella tick. Um, and so I just want to applaud you because, I don't know, like I, I complained about the lack of cherry pop, but like, I think, <laughs> I think this is a pretty, like, I, I think you, 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 you did the damn thing. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. and you know, sometimes people don't. <laughs> and so <laughs> when you land the bird, I just want to point out that the pilot landed this fucking plane that apparently he's never landed a plane before. And it was like, look, <laughs> we're all down in one piece and everyone survived. And like, it was a great landing. Well, thank you. I, I, I appreciate that. There were, I don't know. There were earlier there, even though I talked about how structured the book was, I think the first drafts were definitely needed love. They, they definitely needed like tightening. And I mean, honestly, I feel like if I read it right now, I'd probably be like, Oh, I could make that tighter. I can make that tighter. But you know, there is a wisdom in being like, you know, this is done. This is, this is ready for the world. Um, and I'm very proud of it, even though, you know, sometimes I'm like, yeah, you could have foreshadowed a little bit harder. Those drafts are made to be perfection, perfect. And, <laughs> uh, art is never finished. It's just abandoned. So like, yeah, to abandon this, I think was a great point to abandon it. Right. Well, thank you. Bendy, what's next for you? We, we, we just, we just talked about uh, how I have like a sort of an endless amount of coals in the fire. Um, Wait, logs? Irons. Irons? Irons. I was like, wait, hold on. I think it all works. I was like, that is not how that one works. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm working on some some things that aren't necessarily at the talking about level yet. Um, There's a little bit of interactive fiction in there, and uh, I'm drafting a new novel and also thinking about i'm also drafting i think two different novellas so uh you know there's a little bit of everything a little bit of everything like at least one of those projects is gonna have like way more sex so lp i think you'll be fed (laughs) (laughs) i think you will have I think you will have much to sup on. Yeah. As things come out, where can we find you to keep updated? Yeah, absolutely. You can, uh, my website is benmakesstuff.com or you can find me sometimes on Twitter at at bendied. So B-E-N-D-I-E-D, which also has the unfortunate reality of spelling out Ben died. I didn't think about that (laughs) when I got the Twitter account. (laughs) <laughs> and so I'm perpetually dead and <laughs> that's life, you know, <laughs> that's life. Perpetually dead. <laughs> <Is it? laughs> uh, or anti-life. I don't know. You know, that was, that was a good bit of dark humor. To wrap it up on. <laughs> no, I like that. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Last question. That's not the wrap up. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm just saying that feels like something that rapacious would say. Well, life is just like life <laughs> and death. Like, just deal with it. <laughs> also, uh, please, folks, if you just do me one favor, uh, it would be great if you read my book, but like, just do me a personal favor and uh, pre order Brent's book, Unnecessary Chaos, yeah. and make sure you read it because, like, it is, I think, for a lot of reasons, but like we kind of, we were, uh, we were in the same kind of cohort writing these books. And I think it is an incredible piece of work. And I think our books talk to each other in a way that is really phenomenal. And it absolutely deserves a place on your shelf. Thank you. Yes, very much. So I agree. They they do talk to each other, which is why (laughs) I was kicking myself in the ass about the delay, but at the same time, I was like, you know what, we'll still be able to, chime in and tell people how our, the books are in conversation because they are for sure like 100 percent. i can't wait till this book comes out so that i can hype it endlessly 15 days 
Yep. So first of all, we can't thank you enough for being on the show. We always ask thank this so last much. question um, of our guests. Um, and we just want to know what just keeps you writing. Oh man. What keeps me writing? Um, I think uh, a lack of hard skills. Uh, but <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh, that one caught ooh, me off guard. <laughs> that was that one. That one. That one's, that one's too close to the chest. Uh, no, let me pull back. Um, I think honestly. When I was young, um, I, I read a lot of epic fantasy, and um, it would often have like a picture of the author at the bottom, at the back of the book, and it was always like this, like graybeard white man. Um, and at some point, I think it started to occur to me; it started to feel like that was what an author was. Um, and thankfully we don't live in that world anymore. Like there is no kind of like homogenous idea of what a writer is or of what fantasy is, of what genre is. Um, and multiple people before me have kicked down the door, but I think in a lot of ways, I'm still writing for that person who flipped to the back of the book and I want them to be able to see more people who look like them, who sound like them, who have kind of adjacent interests and focus and, and want to write things that are horny and queer and ridiculous. Um, so yeah, I think that's honestly what keeps me going. Thanks again. Really appreciate you coming on the this, show. This has been awesome. This, this was super fun. The time fucking flew. I can't believe <laughs> I it's been an hour. We definitely got to do it again though. Um, at yeah. some point, I'd love to talk to you more about interactive, right? You know, gaming, sure. all that kind of stuff. Like that yeah. would be Any, awesome. So. Anytime, anytime. This was a this was an absolute blast. You guys are so lovely. Uh, thank you for doing this. And have Thanks a for great writing the book. shit. What what time is it? It's <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. still like early there. You're like, go out, have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> and this has been Just Keep Writing, a podcast for writers by writers to keep you writing. You can find us at justkeepwriting.org. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Feel free to reach out to any of us on our social medias, and please jump in our Just Keep Writing Discord channel. Links to all of that is in the show notes. Lastly, please support our show by going to patreon.com slash justkeepwriting. We offer daily writing prompts, early access to podcast episodes, and much more. Thanks for listening, and just keep writing.